Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of The Business Machine. Don't get tired of me saying exciting episodes because every time you know I mean it. And today, we have another exciting guest. Esther Kiss is on our show today, and I just love her so much. She's brought so many guests to us, and it's just been great talking to her over these last couple months. Um, a lot of the guests that you hear that are not from the Michigan area, I would think all the guests that you hear that are not from Michigan area are because of Esther. And, and it works good for her clients, and it helps her out. But boy, it's really helped us out, too. It's helped us take the podcast to where I never thought it could. And so I'm really excited to talk to her today. And Esther Kiss is the founder of Born to Influence, a boutique publicity firm specializing in helping experts and personal brands get more publicity, leads, and sales. Her clients have been featured on TV, in newspapers, magazines, and on some of the top podcasts in the world, resulting in million do- millions of dollars in additional sales. So Esther, thank you very much for joining us on The Business Machine today. Thank you for having me. So Tell us what you do in one minute. Ooh, <laughs> do I get a countdown here? Yep, here we go. Go. <laughs> um, I work with experts, coaches, consultants, speakers, authors, marketers, entrepreneurs who have SaaS products and mobile apps. And what I help them do is get in front of the right target audiences. And this A lot of the times it means online media, for example, podcast interviews, Mm -hmm. presentations for paid masterminds and private Facebook groups, telesummits, joint venture webinars. And depending on what kind of uh, marketing they're doing and what makes sense with their strategy, it might also include booking them on TV, radio, newspapers. And what we do is not only get them these placements, but help them with the media message strategy to make sure that their interviews will convert. And once the interviews get published, then we help them with plugging it into the rest of their funnel and into their integrating it with their marketing so that they can leverage their time and energy and money as well. Yeah, we were talking about this before we started recording. And I think that's really important that I think a lot of people who think of, at least I know here, traditional PR firms is they'll pitch and they'll get you stories in the local paper and the news stations, but then there's really nothing after that. Mm. And so I think it's great that you're getting people interviewed on podcasts and that they're getting in the news and on TV shows, but as much press as you could get, if they get to your website and there's nothing to do, it doesn't really do much, does it? That's exactly right. Yeah. So why can't, I guess the question is, and I'm going to put you on the spot. (laughs) Why can't I just go and, and reach out? There's millions of podcasts on iTunes store right now. Mm-hmm. There's emails all over the newspapers and, and contacts. Why can't I just do this myself? You can. Absolutely, you can. Okay. Uh, the only difference is, is where do you want to spend your time and your energy and your money? Because assuming you have the relationships with those journalists and producers and editors, it's just a matter of who will actually initiate those contacts. Right. Now, and, and assuming that you you know how to pitch it in a way that it makes sense with what they're looking to cover, right? So it has to be a good fit. Um, but where I see the biggest leverage with you doing it yourself versus you know having someone do it for you is you will get to buy into the years of work and and reputation and relationship building that that person, the publicist or assistant or whoever is helping you or a friend even who can uh, offer those introductions, you'll get to buy into the relationships that they've been investing in over time. And this will put you in front of the line. So uh, to, to give you an example, one of my uh, really good friends is April Dykeman, and she is 
a copywriter. And um, part of the work that she does is with Andrew Warner, the host of Mixergy, which is one of the yep. top um, shows on iTunes in a business category. And so I would send her recommendations, and they would always get on Mixergy. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. You know, I'm <laughs> yeah, very great. grateful for sure. And, and my clients love it because it's, it's really kind of a seal of approval to be interviewed by Andrew Warner. And I remember April posting about it in one of the Facebook groups that we are in, what that process looks like on the inside for right. Mixergy. And she was specifically saying that there is these two paths of, of applications that go for particularly for Mixergy guests. One goes the, the general file who really? they don't know. And then the other one is like friends and family type of things where yeah. they will actually look at them first. And she was just pointing out that, you know, people who I sent their way definitely get into the second pile that actually gets priority. And I didn't even realize it. And you that's just thought it all stopped. went into the same pile, huh? Well, I, I didn't think about it in those terms. But of course, Andrew's company is quite big. You know, he has several people who are helping him with the production of the podcast and screening guests and doing the pre-interviews and making sure that they are truly legitimate. Like, you know, he, he likes to dig into numbers and being very specific about the details of that business. And he wants to make sure that those people who he has on are legitimate. And I know about my clients that they are, but he wouldn't have a way of knowing. Right. So, right but I think they come to know that about you because you're yeah. not going to pitch, you know, you're, you have connections with some of the big podcast um, uh, on iTunes and and they trust you and they, they know that if Esther says, hey, this would be a really good fit for you, it's going to be a really good fit. Yeah, you know, you know, that's that's really unfortunate to say that that is true and that's the case. And again, it came from years and years of putting in a time and, sure, yeah, just and developing those relationships. Hey, I'm Esther. I'm really cool. You should listen to me. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's not how it works. So what do you, tell us a little bit about how you started. You haven't always been doing this. Why did you think that this would be the direction that you should go and, and how has it grown over the last couple of years into what you're doing today? Oh, I wish I could say that I was super strategic and prepared. Sure. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah. We all are. We all are, Esther. It, it kind of happened over time. And um, it was kind of like going on a treasure hunt, going from queue to queue and finding what's next. Um, I have a background in marketing and business development for about 15 years. And um, I started coaching, gosh, about five, five-ish years ago or so, uh, when the recession happened, 2008, yeah. right? Yeah, because I took a big loss with my stock portfolio. That's a whole story for another day that oh, I was like, okay, I have to do something. Everybody now. out now, out, out there <laughs> listening is nodding their heads right now. You know. <laughs> and, and so what happened was um, I attracted with this business coaching offer and marketing and business development offer, I attracted a lot of people who had small businesses who were just starting out and they were in the very, very beginning stages. And well, I mean, obviously it was valuable to them and, and it was good work to do. I really wanted to up my game and work with people who have a successful track record and who have built multi-million dollar businesses. And my superpower is uh, really connecting people and making yeah. introductions. And so I thought, well, what I want to do is develop those friendships and relationships to a level where I'll be able to make introductions between the big players, the A-listers, and eventually put together JV deals, joint venture partnerships. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm talking about this with my friend, Meta Miller, who uh, she at the time lived in Tanzania in Africa. And he's like, well, what could we do? What could we do? Do I do a directory or a mastermind? Or I, I don't want, I don't know how to f- formulate this whole introductions thing. I know that that's where I'm leaning towards, but how do I actually put it into something tangible that I can offer? And we, at the time, I was also looking at some publicity for myself to get more coaching clients. So I started being interviewed on podcasts, like, for example, Entrepreneur on Fire, John right. Lee show. That was one of my very first interviews. Was which, it really? Yeah. I didn't even know what a podcast was at the time. Oh, really? Didn't know John or anything like that? <laughs> it was so funny. And uh, so it just started that. And somehow it, it uh, with this conversation that we had with Meta and me doing some publicity for my for getting clients for my uh, coaching business, it just hit me. Because John at that point had already, John Lee Dumas had recommended that we start a podcast. And I'm like, well, you know what? That way we could reach out to really high level players yeah. and, and come with the spirit of giving and generosity and offering to help promote their books or new products or services that they have coming out and start building a relationship. And over time, we'll get to the point where where we can uh, monetize it and put together deals. So that's how it started. And so every time somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk or whoever would be interviewed on our show, once we stopped the recording after the interview, I I would say that, hey, I know you have this book coming out. Would you like to be on other shows as well? Really? Yeah. That's how you did it. Just just to help, you know, not charging for it. And they would always say yes. So I'd introduce them to other podcasters and and make the connections with people who can help them cross-promote and and, uh, put them in front of their list for JV webinars and that sort of stuff. And at some point, one of my really good friends and client came to me and he said that, hey, can you help this guy? He's a best-selling author and he's a client of mine and he wants to get on podcast. Can you help him? I'm like, yeah, sure. And he's like, but this time you have to charge for it. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, help me work out the offer. <laughs> and he made, he made you charge for it. Yeah. So that's exactly how it shifted, specifically offering publicity services, and at the same time, still coming at it very much from a direct response marketer's mindset, meaning that everything that you do in your marketing and in your publicity has in some way to lead to results, not just in terms of credibility and exposure and building your personal brand, but also tracking it in a way that you can see how it contributes to your leads and sales. Right. And I, I think I really like that, too, as the combination between this direct response and PR and, and how you're combining that. And I, I guess that leads me to another question, too, is does this work? Does, does what you do for clients? And I want to talk about podcasting, too, and, and kind of where we think it is today and where I still think it's pretty young, although it's been around for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is podcasting and getting on podcasts... It, a lot of people around here, the bigger companies that are here, your traditional brick and mortar companies, that's not an avenue that they're pursuing yet. Mm -hmm. Do do you think that one, I think they should, and do you think they will? Are are people just not, I don't think everybody's on this podcast train yet, or am I wrong? Definitely not everybody is. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, Looking at, for example, billboards, right, that you see on the side of the road, you will see that they are obsolete and there is no way to tell whether or not they really worked because you don't know who saw that particular billboard and, and whether or not they stopped and bought something from your company because of it. But people will continue doing them. 
And just the same way, they will continue doing all kinds of other marketing and all kinds of other publicity simply because they don't know and they're not aware that there are more effective ways as technology develops. And we have this capability, for example, through Facebook ads to retarget and show content to the the exact people who need to see this, where from their perspective, it's just seemed like, oh my goodness, on Facebook, this this thing just popped up and it's an interview. I really like it. (laughs) You can be strategic about having to place that to that particular person who lives in the zip code and has this type of a position or owns a company and this is their net worth and this is their connections and their marital sure, status. you and can I, get really, really yeah. strategic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, it's, it's very, very powerful. Will everybody do it? No, I, I don't think so. Just like how not everybody will be the best in their field. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. But those who do, they see amazing results. And to give you an example, um, one of my clients, uh, Ryan Levesque, the author of Ask, I worked with Ryan last year for 11 months on his book launch, and he had a whole sophisticated funnel set up where, um, meaning people who, who see the book, re- they read it, now they want to have help with the implementation. He had a whole system where then people can apply to be part of his mastermind, which is right. called the Next Level Mastermind, and it's a $97 a month membership. Because he had this system in, in place, and we've been booking him strategically on podcasting interviews combined with retargeting them through Facebook ads, we added over $1.8 million to his business per year. Wow. And, and yeah, it's, it's not only, it's, it's just amazing results. And of course, the book became a number one national bestseller yep. and all that. But because Ryan tracks everything, he looks at every single click from the very beginning and coupon codes and all that stuff to the, to the, all the way to the point of sale. He tracks it inside in the back end of his system. And he noticed that people who came through podcast interviews are his most passionate buyers. And that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, they are the ones who are staying long-term in the membership compared to people who saw the same offer for a free plus shipping shipping offer for a book, but they just came from cold traffic. It's a very different attitude than when you can have that rapport and that trust and that relationship because they heard you through a podcast interview. What great data for you to have and for him to have, but that's just telling that story to some of your clients too, if they have that scenario. I mean, that's great data. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you know what, what's cool too is that regardless of what your offer is, because for example, you might, you might be thinking, listening to this, that, Hey, I'm not an author. What sure. am I going to do? Right. I don't yeah. have a book. I don't have any good ideas. I right. work for somebody else. Yeah. I, I, I say that to myself every day. So, or, you know, I, I can't do a free plus shipping offer. Well, yeah. I have clients who have different types of products. And for example, one of them um, has a business mentoring program, Kavitaria, the the founder of Insider Internet Success. And it's a high ticket offer. Same strategy works where we book him on podcast interviews. He explains his speaking points. He makes makes sure that he delivers very actionable advice and value to that audience. And then, of course, people want to have more of him. So then he invites them to apply to a two-hour content-only webinar, not apply, but to attend, rather, where they can learn more about his methods. From there, they apply for a strategy session, and that's where they become his customers. Yeah, and I'm looking, you know, and, and, you know, looking down at some of the people that you've booked for us and it's similar, but I think a good example is Russ Rafino, mm-hmm. where his is a very high ticket item. Um, but right. he is all over Facebook 
And, mm -hmm. and I think because I connected with him and because he was on my show, like I see his ads all the time now. Yeah. <laughs> so all, I'm like, stop. No, not really. And they're but, good too. Yeah, no, they're great. And the, what he said that I thought was really interesting and what he really likes to do and his staff is you'll notice if you look at his ads, it's different images probably every fourth time. Mm -hmm. And so it's like an image of a couple skiing. It's an image of a person and the dog. It's an image of, and he knows which one of those are working better in which markets and in which. And so to me, that data, I mean, that's amazing because you think about it, we're a very image heavy society and something may attract you, Esther, that wouldn't attract me and I'm not going to click on it. Right. That's exactly right. But sometimes I, I'm so wary because I share my screen sometimes with clients. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I have to show them something that we are doing on Facebook and right. the ads that I see. I know, I know, right? Very different. Than <laughs> I did that one time when I was at a conference and I was like, oh no. There's, it was like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't perfect either. You know? <laughs> well, they, they, they don't do something inappropriate. Yeah, I know. But, but you just have a sense of what the person is about to when you simply <laughs> yeah. see the ads that are showing for That's them. That's right, yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. But it's like, oh, yeah, those are my ads. Sorry. <laughs> so, you know, I, I tell people that all the time that who you've booked on the show that, you know, they're one of the biggest guests we have. But I, th I think you're probably the biggest guest because oh. because all these people I'm reading off these names here, Gary Vaynerchuk. I haven't had him on the show, but people that, you know, and are connected with Casey Zeman, John Lee Dumas, Ryan Levesque, Kim Barrett, Cabot Haria was another guest of ours and Kat Loretzo. I mean, those are pretty big name people in this industry in this digital i don't even know what the, what you want to call it but podcasting and digital marketing and and you know you know them and you're working with them and so there's obviously some connection there with you and them and, and how you're able to help them promote what they're doing on a large large scale yeah, it's it's really fun once you make it an intention to up-level your network. And yeah. really launching our podcast, Born to Influence, was so, so critical in that. Was that really? was the whole intention of, of being able to connect with these high-level players. Really? And then once, you're, once you start and have the first few, then it just rolls like a snowball into bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. Well, you make it sound easy, but we'll just, we'll just <laughs> stay with that. Hey everybody, this week's episode is also sponsored by Freshwater Apparel. Check out freshwaterapparel.com, that's freshwaterapparel.com, and check out their spring collection of t-shirts, and soon beanies are going to be on the way. We love these guys over at Freshwater. It's a Midwest clothing company, and they make all their products in Lansing, Michigan, and the shirts are 100% made in america so you can't beat that so if you love fresh water like we do here at michigan creative you should definitely check out their site lots more coming but right now they have t-shirts and tanks for both men and women like i said before beanies are coming stickers all that stuff so check out freshwaterapparel.com and get fresh back to the show so next thing, Esther, give us 10 years. I like to look 10 years out. We always are looking at that next best thing. We're focused on today, of course, too. But I like to look 10 years, and I don't need a strategic plan. I, I want to know what you see for Born to Influence in 10 years. 2026. I don't need a strategic plan because I don't have one. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I don't even know what that. I can't spell strategic. So, <laughs> Well, publicity was always going to be around. And you were talking a little bit about podcasts and, and how it's a younger medium, relatively speaking. Well, podcasts have been around for about 10 years now, good 10 years. Oh, yeah. Um, 
for example, uh, Jason Van Orden's show, Internet Business Marketing Mastery, was one of the top shows for many, many years. They just had their 10th birthday uh, a few weeks ago. So just knowing that, and, and obviously they were not the first show on iTunes ever, right? Um, but not a lot of people are taking advantage of it in terms of how to use it for publicity and marketing. So what I see for the future of our agency, Born to Influence, is taking advantage of this very strong trend that we have that you need to build a personal brand and yeah. helping experts with that. Because, you know, five, 10 years ago, it used to be that you could be a leader or have a great product or service and not necessarily have the best positioning and it didn't hurt your sales. And today it's so different because we have all this cheap technology. I mean, anybody can start a podcast or yeah, like to, Facebook today. Ads. Yeah, I mean, we can right. do it in like five minutes, right? And, and, and it will put you in front of really cool, large audiences. Sure. And it's very, very inexpensive. And it's just getting more and more inexpensive. So what you need to do then is be very strategic and combine the elements that you know are working for you already in terms of how you're generating sales and how you're uh, getting leads into your system right now. And then look at what are some of the innovative ways of boosting that and then taking it to the next level where nobody else is doing it as of yet. So, and yeah. sorry. Go Don't keep going. Go ahead. And and then the other thing is obviously video is a big deal. I mean YouTube right now is the largest the second largest search engine in the world right after Google. But the next trend then and what is already becoming very popular is live streaming. So for example through Facebook Live and Periscope and Meerkat and Snapchat, all these other almost real time type of Blab, video. Blab is a new one that's out there too. Blab yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. And then what you can do is repurpose it because a lot of these, what, why I hated, for example, in the very beginning, the Periscope and everything else, because I didn't get it. <laughs> and I was like, well, what's the point? Because you, we are taught to produce content so that we can have yeah, you know, the, the, the materials for, for engaging people. But these things disappear. And Snapchat dis used to disappear after 10 seconds, and it still does if you do it the private way, right? right. Uh, direct messages. So, But what you can do then is you can actually, in some of these different platforms, you can download it and save it if you wanted to repurpose it for later. But also, there's a really cool thing with that edginess and that exclusivity that you have to be on now if you want to interact with me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so for someone taking advantage of that positioning and saying that, okay, I'm the expert and this is the way to get access to me is you can ask questions through my Periscope or, or the Facebook comments in Facebook Live or whatever. And later taking that video footage and then ripping the audio, you can always turn it into a podcast or into an audio blog and get the transcript and, and have an article made out of it and then take out small bits and pieces that are your sound bites and then yeah. use them as social media updates. There's just so many things that you can do with it with just a one-time thing that you have a ton of content that you can then use and run ads to it to really make sure that you're reaching the right target market and communicate with them consistently. Yeah, and it almost blows traditional blogging, like typing blogs. I mean, it <laughs> almost seems old school. Now, I think there's always going to be a need for the written word and 
Um, but I don't, I mean, now when you just say something like that, where you take a video, let's say you do, and I've had some people do this that have interviewed me and they take a blab and then they record the blab and it's live at first people ask questions and then they just repurpose it and use it over and over and over again. And I like what you said, you could take it and make a transcript out of that. And that becomes the written word and that's a blog post. And so do you see a time like, cause I'm wondering, cause we've all been taught over the last five years, content marketing, content marketing, content marketing. To most people, content marketing means you have to have somebody blogging on your site two or three times a day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, writing a blog. But now we're seeing, I think, like you said, video is content, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely it is. And and it's a way of engaging with your audience as well because of the real life. It's not like in the old days where you would have to film something and edit it and then put it up and see what happens. Now you can engage with your audience real time. So that's a huge, huge factor because people feel like, oh my gosh, I have a chance to connect with someone. And it will elevate your positioning, which also helps you to become more exclusive right. and only deal with the higher end of your market in terms of in, in personal interactions. So, for example, we were talking about Kath Terzo a minute ago, my client who you interviewed recently mm-hmm. on your show. She's amazing. Yeah. She's crazy. Well, awesome. I love her. She, she I had to put explicit. I had to check explicit on the podcast. Oh, yeah. That's okay, though. <laughs> yeah. I love it. But but. You know what? That's, that's her song. It is. That's exactly what she teaches. Be yourself. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what what she uh, does, for example, is that she does these daily videos. Now, she loves to write, so she actually types as well. And she's written over 40 books, all of which are Amazon bestsellers. She's really a content marketing machine. But then she has these daily videos where she uh, does a selfie, literally just taking her phone out and, and holding it out in her arm and then speaking directly to the camera. And then that video, uh, the audio gets ripped from it, and it's... Uh, it's uh, published as a podcast, as an audio-only podcast. Right. And then she puts it up on the website, and then she emails it out to her list. Like, all these different things that she, not she herself, but, you know, her Sure, her but she had to record it. Yes. So all she needed to do is spend that five to seven minutes to speak, Hold holding her phone, her up. phone up. And now her team is taking care of the rest of it almost in an automated fashion because they have a process. And it gets published and syndicated in 40 to 50 platforms every single day yeah i know that's amazing you know i was listening to their live uh chat with gary uh Mm -hmm. vaynerchuk the other day and he had mentioned something i think he mentioned it called anchor i don't know if you've seen that yet but yeah it's like twitter for audio it's crazy (laughs) yeah i mean i've been messing with it and it's just fascinating to me and earlier just a few minutes ago you said back in the olden days we used to have to shoot and, and edit and i think what you meant was like january is the olden days because <laughs> the technology goes so fast, but you're right. I mean, everybody has everybody pretty much has a 4k HD camera in their pocket. Yeah, exactly. That can go out to the world in 30 seconds. That's right. Yeah. It's awesome. Love it. So we're, we're in a good field. How about that? Yeah, and, and you know what the other thing too is it helps tremendously with your positioning. And I know it sounds like oh personal brand. Yeah, whatever. let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. You know, but but there is an amazing amount of credibility that comes when people see you being interviewed all the time. Because there is one thing you produce your own own content, like for example, speaking directly to the camera and then repurposing that. That's that's one. But if you can also 
combine it with being interviewed on podcasts and YouTube shows and TV and in magazines and radio and all those things, those platforms where the host or the editor or the paper has a brand reputation built out and they have a relationship with their target market and with their audience, now when you're there, that that transfers to you and you have the same level of credibility and that seal of approval. And depending on who you're marketing to, depending on who your target market is, sometimes the online media, like for example, being on Mixergy or Entrepreneur on Fire can be more meaningful to someone than say being on a local TV. So it just depends on who you're talking to. So talk about that personal brand, because I get it why somebody who, if they have a website like Kat, that, you you know, the reason why she has Kat Lertrenzo. Lertrenzo. Uh, <laughs> I said it right yesterday. Of course, I butchered it, butchered it today. But so you have her site. You're going to be working with her and you're going to be working with things that she's talking about. So I see why Kat needs to have her personal brand. But not everybody listening today has that. They might have a brick and mortar store. They might have a, a marketing company and, you know, they're not necessarily the only person that you would be working with what what's the importance of a leader having their own brand identity themselves to their business is is there is that important still it very very much so is yes and there is an argument that can be made against it yeah. uh, meaning that if you build your brand around you and and your business around you you will not be able to sell it or, or you, it will be difficult to sell like tony robbins for example whatever sure. you know things like that but Really, it w- I mean, that's that's something that you can work around when the time comes because you could brand your methodology that is attached to your name, but it's not you personally. Like, for example, uh, Tony Robbins has a whole entire company called sure. uh, Robbins Medina's Training. Which, which would, could exist without him. Yes, and, and it teaches coaches how to train and how to coach other people with their methodology. Mm-hmm. He, that's, you know, a multi-million dollar business that he just has. Tony's been Be- around for so long, right. too. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and just with the positioning, I mean, <laughs> I went to visit one of my friends the other day, and his name is Aaron Fletcher, and he is a marketing expert as well. You, you might want to talk to him if, if you don't know him yet. I, yes, I'm happy I will. To introduce you. But uh, I've known Aaron for quite some time, but I never met his family, his little kids. And he has a four-year-old daughter and a two-year-old little son. So I'm coming over to visit. And unbeknownst to me, he told Maddie, the four-year-old, <laughs> that... Oh, I heard this story, yeah. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming to visit that. I'm a real-life princess. <laughs> That's amazing. And she, she's four. She believed it. She bought and, it. Exactly. And, and it just so happened that we were going to a screening. We had the, the um, premiere of our documentary, right. Inspired by Eleven, that night. So, you know, I had my makeup and hair and pink dress and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, I and you had no idea, right? I had no idea. <laughs> and that little girl really thought I was a princess. And apparently she was talking to the babysitter after I left that I need to live there and all that stuff. I mean, this sounds like a funny and, and something that a four-year-old would believe. But it's the same thing with positioning yourself the correct way when there is a certain set of expectations before you even arrive. And that's what publicity can do for you. There is a way to set the stage before you ever even open your mouth. Like, for example, right now, when we started this interview, you read a little bit about my my background and Mm -hmm. you read my bio. If somebody has never, ever heard about me, they have a sense of, oh, okay, she helped people not only get in front of the right target 
audiences, but actually add millions of dollars in additional sales to their business. Now, that's something if, if you're a business owner and if you're thinking even just slightly about publicity, this will perk your ears up. So making sure that you seek those things out specifically and strategically for yourself, where you can be introduced to a warm audience through somebody else's platform, that's where it's at when you're talking about building a personal brand. It's not necessarily having you know tens of thousands of followers on Facebook or Twitter, although that can be part of it, but it's really more about building that relationship and that rapport with the right target audience when you're being positioned the right way through interviews. Yeah, I like that a lot. And being known before you arrive, I think that's a really good statement. I really like that. Makes a lot of sense. Mm. So Esther, what do you do? So we call this the business machine because we know that you and, and business owners and CEOs across the country, which I'm fascinated across the world, um, are there, they're the main machine that keeps the business running and your staff is part of that. And, and your, you know, people that help you out do that, of course, are that, but what do you do personally to make sure that your machine, Esther's machine keeps running at a high level? I have a lot of very um, cool and tech, technologically somewhat savvy little shortcuts and methods in place and systems that helps me keep everything in place and, and moving forward in terms of the day-to-day operations of the business. I do have a VA service, a, a virtual assistant service who helped me with some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. But other than that, it's really using email and Google Documents, spreadsheets, for example, and Trello, which is a project management document. Yeah, Trello is awesome. Yeah, it, it integrates with everything. Just the other day, actually, I, I put up a screenshot from one of my Trello things because uh, one of my Trello cards because there is so many different moving parts and, and this allows you to when you're doing bookings you know for clients for publicity there is a you know you can color code it and put in checklists and integrate it with uh, Google Documents or Dropbox or files uploaded from your computer and then put notes to it and share it with your team and put deadlines like anything that you could possibly want right is on there. one platform right and and it's free I mean there is a paid version which is what I have just only to be able to have a backup of the system but it's even it's not that happens. much though even the paid no, version yeah no it's like I think it's like a hundred dollars for the year or something yeah, yeah. It's really really cheap so so that's what I have on the operations side and then other than that in terms of generating business a lot of it for me is through relationships and yep. networking with people and part of it is again technology is is connecting through Facebooks and uh, you know private messages and, and using Facebook groups strategically asking for introductions as well as speaking um, on live stages I, I started doing that more and more traveling to conferences and presenting about you know case studies for yeah, example I like that a lot I want to do more of that I think that's a really good avenue too. Yeah, because that's, that's again positioning. Right. When you're a speaker at an event, people yeah. see you differently than when you're a fellow attendee. And <laughs> there's nothing wrong with either one, and you can still make contacts either way. But if you can get the speaking gigs, why not? Yeah. So before we go too much further, though, like sometimes I think everything that you're doing sounds really easy for you because you've done it. And, <laughs> and, you know, and, and for me, too, because I do speak the same language, I think I'm still, I mean, I think you have it a little bit easier than I do, or you're better. You're a little more organized. How about that? than I am. Cause I, I don't, oh my God. <laughs> well, at least, at least I think so. And that's all that matters. So, okay. So you're super organized. Just, just enjoy that while you have it. And then, but somebody listening who's like, Oh, well, I can't do any of this because already she's talking about 10 things. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. It can be 
overwhelming um, to some people. So what's one thing, give us one thing that we can all do to make sure that we're getting our brand, our personal brand, or maybe our company's brand out there just a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So number one thing is to focus on your relationships. And I call this playing the reverse mafia game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Keep going. (laughs) With the mafia, they they do you a favor and you owe them for life. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So what you want to do is turn the tables and make sure that you connect with influencers and with leaders in your industry, which if you don't know anybody just do some research on social media. You'll find out really quickly who they are and start connecting with them and finding out how you can contribute to them without asking for anything in return. Yeah, I've heard this several times and it makes Mm. a lot of sense. Explain that a little bit. Give me an example of how to do that. Um, For example, uh, let's just say like in, in my work, right, I need to connect with a lot of podcasters and journalists and so on to be able to pitch clients for those shows. Now, before I do that, and you might remember we, we had this experience between you and me a, yep. a long time ago, sure. is I I reach out to that person, like let's just say in this case you uh, to you before we ever met, and I connected with you and, and I said, that, hey, can we set up a quick phone call or a Skype meeting? Yep. I would like to learn more about your show. Now, that's my lead-in, right, because I'm a publicist, but but you would use whatever is, is applicable to you. But then when you have those meetings, and it might be anywhere from... 10, 15 minutes, all the way up to an hour. Make sure that you budget your time if, in case if it goes really well. And then find out about that person and really dig into why exactly they are doing what they are doing. How does it fit in with their overall business strategy? What are their co- goals for this year, personally as well as in business? And you'll have so many ideas while you're taking notes on this. And by the way, do take notes because it's easy to forget after the conversation. Yeah. And, and just offer to help. And that might be an introduction to somebody who they could benefit from knowing, or it might be that you send them some resources or an article or connect them with someone else or whatever it is, you will know exactly where they're at. And you start giving and giving and giving without expecting anything in return. And it's, it's almost like building business karma. It's, it's not it a is because you're not doing it. You know, you are doing it to get something eventually, but I don't think that's what that's not what you're going into, you know, because they would be able to, they would be able to catch that pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, that, that's exactly right. Okay. I mean, you will get something out of it, but when you go into a meeting like this, it's not with this specific intention that from you, I'm going to get it. Right. I know that if I behave in this way, in general terms, it will come back to me tenfold and it does, but I'm not attached to the results that if I talk to this person, these are the exact outcomes that I right. need to get. Yep, it's not yep. like that. Yep. I love that. So, so that's my biggest piece of advice, and and to be somewhat strategic, strategic about it, what you can do. Uh, as it relates to publicity is you might research and find out exactly what the shows are that you would be right for both a mix of some of the big shows and bigger publications and articles as well as and and, uh, blogs and everything as well as some of the small ones and see who are the decision makers there the producers the journalists the editor the podcast host all those people who you need to connect with now you go on facebook and find out who your mutual friends are 
And I promise you, the six degrees of separation is like, you know, 100 years ago. It's really two or three for the most part. And depending on what circles you run in, it might be LinkedIn and not Facebook for you. But you'll be able to see and to map out. And then you can do it through a spreadsheet, which is how I've been doing it, or through a mind map or, or write it down by hand, whatever works for you. Find out who the mutual friends are and then start giving and contributing to those mutual friends first. And it's like, you know, you're spending time talking to people anyway. You might just set some direction and these are the people I'm going to be talking to. And then at some point when when the time is right and when you feel like you've, like, like with a bank account, you're just depositing and depositing and depositing acts of kindness. And at some point you'll be able to make a withdrawal and ask for an introduction or in some way get connected to the person who you would like to uh, to connect with in terms of getting media exposure. Depositing acts of kindness. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I keep I'm, and now what I'm doing in my head right now is I'm trying to think about like who 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 are mutual friends with us and and I, I don't really know anybody that cool, so hopefully I don't let you down. <laughs> Like I'm really not that big of a deal. So you probably looked at my friends and going, man, who is this guy? He doesn't have it. He has like two friends on here. <laughs> no, you know what? It's so funny because like what, 10, 15 years ago it used to be. I remember those yeah. Nokia phones, those cell phones, the five one one oh or six one one oh, whatever it was, yeah, yeah. those big bricks. And they would have a limit of a hundred contacts. Oh my god, and you wouldn't have like, what am I gonna do with all this these contacts? Right. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, hundreds and hundreds and in some cases thousands. Oh yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about some mistakes. We talk a little bit about mistakes on here. What's one thing that you did that, and we learned from all of our mistakes and we, you know, we don't really call them mistakes. There was things that we did that we don't do anymore because that didn't work out very well. And it happens to us all the time. And I think that's how we're able to get where we are today and how we'll get where we want to go tomorrow. What's a mistake that you made in, in this venture um, with born influence that you would tell somebody, Hey, don't, don't do it that way. Cause it didn't work out so good. Yeah. Um, I was procrastinating a lot and thinking that I'm not procrastinating (laughs) (laughs) before launching the show Born to Influence. And we wanted to really start very strong and with my friend Meta, who was co-hosting with me at the time. And so we talked to John Lee Dumas and he said, well, just do a daily show. And this was just to put it in context. This was after I have started another show that was video based and we were filming on location in LA. And it was a completely one woman kind of adventure where I would go take my lights and video and then (laughs) drag it around and and film people. And I didn't have a theme for the show. It never launched. I I filmed like 18 episodes. Oh, you never launched it? (laughs) No. (laughs) It's so sad. (laughs) We got to launch that. We got to launch that you know i just talked to people who who i found were interesting really? real estate brokers and artists and uh-huh. photographers and all kinds of people it was it was a fun experience and it taught me that i need to be somewhat more strategic i just thought well if i just do it enough i'll find a theme and, and that didn't happen so don't do that okay <laughs> don't do that and and so Based on that experience of having done this and, and really, you know, running around in L.A. And, and in the heat and everything and then make yourself look presentable and host the show and then, <laughs> in, within uh, the span of an hour or an hour and a half, because that's like how much time I would ask from the person. It was a disaster. And so when we talked with John about possibly uh, John Lee Dumas about possibly launching a podcast, he said, that, well, you know, you can do it from home yeah, and true. you can do it through Skype. And it's really not that big of a deal and uh in terms of production because all you do is this and this and he has this whole system of of showing you exactly how to produce a podcast so i'm thinking 
Yeah, this sounds really yeah, easy. <laughs> a lot better. I could do this in my pajamas. Exactly. Yeah. So then we went with Meta. It's like, yeah, we can do a daily show. Why not? That, that's a lot of work too, though. Yeah, exactly. And but but it seemed like in comparison to the film a production or the video production, that so easy, right? Right. And and so uh, we went with launching a Monday through Saturday daily show. Wow. And because Meta was living in Tanzania at the time, and the later she moved to France and Denmark, we always had a nine to ten hour time difference. And so we wanted to coordinate where for for the most part we could both be there at the time of the interview and that the person of course who is someone like a Perry Marshall or Gary Vaynerchuk they, they are very busy so it was hard to, to coordinate that so because of that we wanted to make sure that we have a lot of episodes pre-recorded and we went as far as seven months worth wow. of episodes that Did were you really? done Mm-hmm. And and that's that's why I'm saying that it was procrastination without realizing that that's what it was because you know we could have launched like almost seven or six months five months prior to when we actually did and and be that much further ahead today, sure. but we didn't because we just wanted to make sure that we can keep consistent and and there was a lot of logistics and organization around so that the one big mistake was like going too far without actually launching and the second one is underestimating what it will take in terms of production and, and promoting and marketing the show properly when you're producing daily content. Yeah. So, you know, starting today, I would say just, just go for it and, and do once a week or, you know, twice a week. And then you can definitely raise. Yeah. Well, raise John, John had said too, was it, and maybe it was part of this too. Was it, um, maybe not all per- procrastination, but also worried that it wasn't going to go well when you launched. Cause I know John had like 60 or 70 in the, in the queue before he started his and he's like, all right, I'm going to launch in November. And then he said, no, 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 I'll launch in December. And he was saying that he was worried that, well, what if it flops? Mm, I, I don't know. I don't think that that really ever crossed. My and John, mind. obviously John's didn't flop, but he was worried about it. No, I, I didn't think about that, but I did want to make sure that the whole standard, you know, sure. that you want to be in new and noteworthy and having right, reviews yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, I gave so, up on that, yeah. Right. So we started like two weeks because iTunes doesn't tell you exactly when the show will launch. They just, you know, you submit it and then it happens whenever it happens, right. anywhere from a few hours to up to two weeks. <laughs> so so we started and, and it was around the time of Thanksgiving and we knew that that was not going to be a good time. So let's do it around Christmas or whatever, you know. And, and so so we started reaching out to people who we knew ahead of time and said, hey, we are about to launch this show and I would love your support. When it when the time comes, would you help us and just subscribe, listen to it, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review if you like it. And in this way, we had a lot of buy-in ahead of time where people would say yes. And then the next step was once the show launched to follow up with them and say, okay, thank you so much for, for offering that. Here is the link. This is what we would like for you to listen to and to review, please, if possible. And doing all that legwork seemed like very strategic, very much planning in advance, and yet we barely got a handful of reviews. And so then that was the next step that, because, you know, friends and family will support you, but when it's not intuitive how to do a review, then you send them a video with a screen capture. of Yeah, click but click people, capture. as you know, are not tech, as tech savvy as we'd like to right. believe they are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so what ended up happening is, and this is probably one of the best decisions we ever made in terms of marketing the podcast is to launch, or I mean, to join Podcasters Paradise, John Lee Dumas's yep. community, because they have a whole thing there with with helping each other with listening to the shows and then leaving honest reviews, which yep. at the time it seemed very, very important. Now looking back, it wasn't a big deal, but back then it was very, very stressful. 
Yeah. And I think that's, you know, we started this podcast because we found John and because I started to listen to podcasts just six months ago of all things. Can't believe that. But <laughs> six or it was probably now it's more, more closer to a year. But then we found John and started listening to that. And then we, you know, we subscribed to the paradise and then took his advice to start the podcast. And here I was thinking, well, I've got a web design team in my office. I've got graphic designers in my office. I've got video people in my office. We're marketers. This is going to be really, really easy. It was, it was, it took some time and we're fine. We're working out the tweaks and it took a lot. It was a lot harder than I thought. And, and I think to do a good show, I I think there's a lot of podcasts out there and I think there's a lot of good podcasts out there, but, um, it takes a lot of work to Mm. really have a very good podcast that does something for your guests, which is important to me, but also for your brand. Yeah, and and you know one of the things too is about John John Lee Dumas is that he is he has a very positive attitude and he is very enthusiastic. Yeah, and he has a team. And even when he launched Entrepreneur on Fire for the very first time, he had I think four people who were working on the project full time or yeah, three people something like go. that. Yeah. So and and plus he has a background in the military. He is super super process oriented and very organized and disciplined. So when he talks about his production process. Process, it, it, I, I don't want to say that he makes it easy because he doesn't. He's very honest and upfront about what it will take. But his enthusiasm is so contagious that people like you and me, we, we're just like, oh, my God, I, I want to do that. I yeah, can do here, that. take my money. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then when you ask, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about you some more, Esther. What what do you do? I, I don't like the word work-life balance, but I keep saying it on the show because I want to tell people that I hate the way that sounds, and that's the only reason I keep it. I need a definition for that. Oh, God. That's why I hate it. But I want to and, – and these conversations come out is because it's very hard, and here's what I think, and I don't – and I'm sure you're very similar, but I feel sometimes if I'm not working, you know, because I'm the CEO of, of Michigan Creative as well as the host of this show, if I'm not working, which typically – means on my computer or phone that I'm losing money. Mm-hmm. But um, I've got four children, um, you know, two dogs, busy life at home, then they need my attention more so than, than any of my clients do, although my clients don't believe that. Um, so how do you turn it off? What, what do you do? Because you can't, I know you love what you do because you can hear it in your voice and, and I, you know, I've, I've known you long enough to know that. Um, but what do you do? You can't work all the time. Yeah, it's a, it's a, difficult decision to draw the line to completely unplug especially when you don't feel like you can really take your hands off the wheel like with you for example you have employees and you know that the house is not going to burn down right uh with the way my business is (laughs) well i I know you you always have like in the back of your mind a little bit of what's going on (laughs) but um with me the, the way my business is set up because it's so focused on working on on client with clients who have really high level of things at stake like a book launch for example they they want to be sure that they're supported sure. and so i give them access probably maybe even a little more than i should yeah. meaning you know facebook and an email and everything anytime they want and i make sure that as soon as possible i'll respond to them and because they are all across the world in different countries in different time zones sometimes that means you know like in the middle of the night or <laughs> i think i had to do a podcast for one of your guests like at 6 a.m here yeah exactly <laughs> exactly because that's business hours for them for australia yeah yeah so, so you just never know. So, you know, from from that perspective, it's a bit tricky. But what I try to do is 
get very, very organized with using things that we talked about, like yeah, Trello, Trello, for example, and make sure that everybody has everybody's Skype handle and, and headshots and bios and, and just in case backup contact details and, and so on, just in case if something happens so that they can connect with each other directly and they don't necessarily need me to do an intervention if something came up last minute. And, and let's say they need to reschedule an interview or something like that. Yeah, and that then, so I'm, I'm, a wor- I'm your worst example because one, I miss cats that one time. <laughs> and then yesterday I texted you because cat wasn't there. So I'm the one that bugged you. Sorry about that. No, no. There goes your work life balance. That's my fault. Thanks a lot. Way to go. But, but you know what I try to do though is like sometimes I just take a, a few days off. Like let's say if I'm traveling, I'm, I'm working much less because I just can't yeah. physically do both. Yeah. Or or take a day at the spa or, or sure. get a massage or something like that. And it doesn't sound like it's a huge thing, but but then in those hours or on that day that I'm doing that, I really don't touch the phone and yeah. I don't want to know anything. I just make sure ahead of time that everybody is set and then okay, curtain closed. <laughs> yeah, I know you have to do that and with the kids and stuff too. I have to make sure that if I really need to, you know, be there with them and that there could be just sitting on the floor with them, but that I need to get my phone away from me and it's that bad. Like, so I have to put it away. You know what? I, I read an article recently and it was a mom and she wrote about how she was paying attention to her kids while they were playing. I think they were like two and three, like very, very young kids. And she was just watching them play with Legos or something. And it was during the course of, I don't remember, an hour and a half or two hours, something fairly short amount of time. And what she was doing, instead of how she would use usually browse her phone and, and be on Facebook or whatever, yep. she was just taking tally and, and, and taking note of how many times the kids looked at her. Really? And just for reassurance, just to make sure that mom is there and, and, and they're safe and, and she's watching them, just just to have that connection and i don't remember the exact number but it was above 20 oh my goodness so it's like an amazing amount of time that they just needed just a glance and she was there and fully present with them and looking in their eyes and giving a reassuring smile and it really really matters that's really that's interesting to me and i'm going to try that because um i have kids all over i don't even know how many i have anymore they're <laughs> different ages forget their names but um but yeah because i could see how they could look up and then if you're on your phone um, yeah, what kind of message does it send? Yeah, 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 that's interesting. Now I feel now I feel bad. I got I got to stop this interview and go home. <laughs> <laughs> so give us a quote, Esther. Uh, give me a quote that you like. And there's I know there's a ton of them, but what's one that you like? I like your one that you said today. Uh, depositing acts of kindness. That's an Esther oh, quote now. <laughs> okay, quoting somebody smarter than me. Let's just try that. <laughs> you know, uh, well, Disney, he has a quote and it says that I've been up against tough competition all my life and I wouldn't know what to do without it. Yeah, I do like that. And and competition's always a thing. And I think one of the things that we do is there's a lot of competitors in our market here too. And sometimes we get into the space of looking at what they're doing and thinking that they're doing it better. But, you know, <laughs> working side by side with them or, you know, continually trying to get better, I think is the thing that yeah, Disney yeah. meant. Yeah. And I think we forget about Disney where, you know, or how he started, you know. Oh my goodness, he was so, so creative. And are, are you familiar with his process of the three different rooms? Yes. Yep, I've heard yeah. that. Yeah. It's it's just just for our listeners here. He had the the questioning one where where you're what if the possibilities and that whole separate space for attacking any new idea and taking it apart. And then the third one was the how to how can we create it actually, and and he would have 
three physically different rooms and spaces and in one you would do this the other one you would take that for any new idea to take them through that process that's really cool to to make sure that you are not only have something tangible but really maximize the possibilities yeah because most entrepreneurs you know like us and and we have a thousand ideas going at any given time mm. and you know it's kind of like uh, the shiny object effect like oh let's do this now let's do this now and we just go after things sometimes i think without really focusing to see if they are actually going to work yeah yeah and <laughs> yeah. and you know when you actually start doing it where you jot it down on a to-do list and you yeah. have and then your paper fills up and then you take a second and a third and then you have to number the pages yeah. <laughs> okay that's yeah. a sign that yeah. there's a little bit too much going on yeah we're crazy entrepreneurs are crazy they're the certified crazy. Give us a business book we should read. There's many of them, but what's one that you like? Um, it's called uh, You Inc. And it's by Harry Beckwith. Mm. And he is the author of several business books. One is uh, called Selling the Invisible, which is basically creating yep. something very tangible around a service-based business. You Inc. focuses on building a personal brand, although he doesn't use that phrase because it's a bit of an older book before that term even became really? fashionable but it, it's all about building up your reputation in a way that people respect you ahead of time uh, and they are flocking to you to want to do business with you because of who you are yeah and i think that's important it's interesting that it's an older book and he was still talking about personal brand though yeah and, and i don't think he ever used that term right. but, but still the idea is still that. the it's same thing yeah if you could meet and have dinner with any business owner, who would it be? Hmm. Oprah. Really? Yeah, yeah. She she is brilliant. It's it's not just uh, the media empire that she built, but being able to stay t so true to herself and being in alignment. And, and if you look at her shows now that she doesn't own, yeah. it's very different than what the Oprah show used to be. Although... Part of that work was spiritual too, but what she does today is is very much tapping into something much greater than than the day to day of what we have in celebrity news and and book clubs and things like that. I think we forget how big she is and how long she's been around. I mean, I I remember watching that show with my mother hmm. when it was first out when we didn't have cable, and that was the thing. I mean, she stopped everything to watch that hmm. show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and she's still out doing you know, all over the place. I think we don't hear of her very often in this space, but I mean, I think she, I mean, she's all over the place and still doing amazing things. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a good dinner. I mean, she, yeah. And, and she does live events, live right. conferences and almost like a, an internet marketer. She has the whole thing online as well and newsletters and, and launching info products that she supports. Like the one, for example, that she did with Ariana Huffington yeah, and Brendan yeah. Burchard and Deepak Chopra, just with really big names, again, using positioning and at the same time monetizing their content online. What, uh, we talked about Trello a little bit, um, and we talked about spreadsheets and email and calendars. What else? What's another technology or software app or device that you just couldn't live without? Oh, let me look at uh, what it's called. Uh, oh, Streak. I forgot the name of it. Streak. Streak is an app that uh, combines with your Gmail, or in my case, I have Google Apps, but basically it's the business version of yep. Gmail. And what it's a free app, although they have paid versions as well. And what it allows you to do is when you use Chrome as your primary browser, it lets you track your emails. 
So people don't have to, it's not the same kind of tracking like when you open it, you know, somebody's newsletter and then you see who opened it and who clicked on the links. Right. It just gives you a little open eye thingy. And so you can see whether or not your email was read without having to do that old school thing, you know, that you used to have in, in Microsoft Outlook that give me a red receipt and that person can either say yes or oh, no yeah. to confirm was... whether or not they opened your email. What a pain. This, way, this way, you know. I like that because then my clients can't say, oh, well, I never got your email. Well, the thing is that, yeah, <laughs> but you, you can't really use it that way without embarrassing somebody. <laughs> well, yes, you did. <laughs> no, but, but, but it's a really nice thing. Like, for example, if I send somebody a proposal and I see that they never opened it, I'm going to follow yeah. up with them differently than if I see that they looked at it 10 times and didn't get back to me. Yeah, I like that. Streak. Okay. I'll mm -hmm. look that up. All right. Somebody's listening. Last two questions here, Esther, and, and we've got tons of listeners and they want to know how to get a hold of you. And they're not even sure if the type of PR that that personal brand is a right fit for them, but they need to find out what's the best way for them to do that. Sure. Uh, you can connect with me at Esther at born to influence.com. It's E S T H E R at born to influence.com b-o-r-n-t-o influence.com and just let me know a little bit about your background and what you're up to what you have going on what you're thinking in terms of publicity we'll have a conversation and you know this is something it's, it's so important to to really understand because not publicity is not right for everyone depending on where you're at in your business it may not be the best choice um we were talking a little bit earlier about systems and, and having your funnels in place and your lead generation and all that stuff that used to be a huge problem for me meaning uh, clients would come to me that hey i'm about to launch a book or a new product or a new service and and they want the publicity and i'm happy to give it, to get it for them but if they don't have those back-end systems in place then it's kind of like putting the card before the horse yep. So, you know, so now we, we teamed up with a really good friend of mine, John Dennis, who has a full service marketing agency who specializes in building those systems out to make sure that your interviews will actually capture those leads and turn into sales for you. But, uh, but you know, like that, that's just something further down the line. If you just wanted to find out whether or not this is worth exploring, get in touch by emailing me at esther at born to influence.com. And, you know, uh, Brian, what we might do too, I have a, a presentation that I recently spoke at a podcasters conference. And basically it was a lot of what we talked about here today Great. about what kind of media makes sense for you and how to give amazing interviews and, and so on. So I do have the slides available for that. Yep. If, if that's something, uh, if you, text the word influence to the number 33444. You will get the slides from that uh, presentation as well as a handout that shows you the frequently asked questions during podcast interviews so Love that you it. can go in prepared. Some free good stuff from Esther Kiss. Yeah. And we'll put that in our show notes. That's great. I like that text too. I'd like to talk to you about that uh, a little bit later but because that's that's really interesting to me how that, that mobile has texting to get information has really come back because it was there for a while and now people are starting to do it and it makes sense because no matter what we always have our phones with us mm -hmm. and it just makes it easier for someone instead of having to remember a url and or come email. out of the podcast app right. and open safari and all those steps oh that's just, a lot of work you know text the word <laughs> influence so lazy four 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 yeah. very easy <laughs> all right Esther. last question what do you think what, what do you think or what do you hope that your legacy will be? Well, it's a very big question. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I don't let anybody ask me that. 
<laughs> Very tricky. Not allowed. You know what? What I'm what I hope it, it would be is for people to see that they made a bigger impact and a bigger influence, not only in their Im- immediate circles, but by impacting other people who are influencers and then through that through the ripple effect literally thousands and thousands of people and the way i see my part in that is setting up those opportunities where people can get in front of those target audiences not only to grow their business but to truly share their message in a bigger way and make a bigger impact i love that too and i think and for the most part all of your clients the messages that you're helping them spread does that, you know, does exactly what you want to do even more so because the messages that they spread are helping other people build their businesses and become a better them and, and get their message out there. So you're really doing it for one person who's then doing it for thousands, maybe 10,000. So that's gotta be pretty cool. Yeah. It's fun. (laughs) It's a compound effect. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Esther, thank you so much for being on the show. And and again, I want to thank you for being on our show, uh, um, of course, but also for sending great people to us. And you have really uh, done a lot for the show. So I really appreciate it. And I'm I'm glad that we're friends and we're talking. So connections are important. and, And I'm definitely glad that I have this connection with you. So thanks for being on the business machine today. Likewise. Thank you for having me, Brian. That was Esther Kiss, the founder of Born Influence. And I'm telling you guys, connect with her, email her. She will talk to you. And she is honest when she says about doing little acts of kindness for people. And she is a great connector um, and a great publicist. So definitely reach out to her. We'll put all her information in the show notes as usual. And again, everybody, enjoy your day. And thank you for joining us on The Business Machine. Until next time. We'll see you later. I'm Brian Tom with The Business Machine and CEO of Michigan Creative. Thanks, guys.